This is the new Kaiju show. This is the new Kaiju show. This is the new Kaiju show. That's me in the whip again. I was just thinking about this crazy um. I was just thinking about this story. So I'm looking out my window. This is when I was a shorty on Lincoln Place, right? Still fresh out the water from Guyana. And I'm seeing the blue van pull up. Everybody just scatter. You know, then later on, see them right back on the block doing their thing. And again, I spoke about uh, Stone. You know, I call him Stone. I won't say his real name. He was a superhero to me. I spoke about him on the Seabiz Project. You guys can go check that out. I think it's one of the best fucking albums ever. Stone was a superhero to me. I mean, until my uncle came around. My uncle came around and my uncle was like Thanos. But, you know, Stone had the, the starter cat tilted to the back. He had the gold, you know, the gold teeth. Stone had the, you know, the pretty girls around him always smiling. You know what I'm saying? Had the, you know, the, the Jordans on with a gold chain. I thought back then... All you needed was some Jordans and a gold chain, and you made it. He was a superhero. So I'm looking out my window. I'm seeing all of this every day. So imagine seeing this television show. Imagine seeing the Y outside of your window every day, and you're impressionable to it. You're, you're, you're a kid. I'm still fresh out the water from Guyana, so this is a, a TV show to me. And I'm watching, observing, so I had to learn fast. You see, the thing is with certain, with certain people... Um, <laughs> you hear the background, right? I'm on the road, man. I'm on the road. So, with certain people's background, some people got to grow up, other people survive. I felt like I was on the line of both. You know what I'm saying? My friends, I was with. They definitely, definitely, most like, most definitely had to survive, especially what was going on within their household. You know, parents is on drugs. You know, most of my parents, my friends' parents at the time, they were strung out. They were, they were crackheads. It was either my family members selling it to him or, you know, guys like Stone were serving. They call it, you know, serving at the time. Were serving them. I used to go to my <laughs> house in the morning and pick him up. we go to school. He lived on Sterling. He was the, the block, you know, behind the school. Go to his house. There's like 20 people sleeping on the floor. Now I'm thinking back. I was in a crack house and I didn't know it. I read, he said, yo, just stop. Don't step on that person coming in the house. Kind of find out he was adopted. Like, it was just layers to it. Yo, don't open that back door. You see the smoke coming out from the back. Like, it was really... Cats was... um Back then, some of the older cats, they were doing... They were freebasing crack before it was actually rocked up. It's like, it was like a whole process, man. So, this was my norm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know... You don't know you're going through something till you're on the outside of it. You don't know you're in this world, This was, but this was your normal world. When you sit back and look, you was like, oh, shit, we was in some shit. We was out here dancing around in poverty. That's the thing with black people. You know, you throw, you throw the fucking nastiest part of the fucking pig, come out with bacon, chitlins, and, you know, we take it and we make it into a delicacy. You throw fucking lemons at us, yeah, we turn it into lemonade. and It was crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm looking out my window every day, just noticing all this shit. And my best friends literally live next door to me. And, you know, I think their moms used to, you know, and shit, you know, respect to them. I'm saying this respectfully. This is no shots to them. Um, you know, I'm trying to disrespect their moms or whatever. But, you know, 
watching my peoples go up 100 miles an hour, you know, selling that, you know, the purple top, red top, green top, yellow top. Just thought it was the normal. I thought it was the norm. It was the... Now I'm seeing my uncle come around. My uncle, my, you know, my uncle B, who was... Like I said, he was stone on steroids. He was Thanos to me. Whatever I thought stone was, because I thought stone was a fucking superhero. Mm-hmm. My uncle took it to another level. He made stone look like, and you know, respectfully, made him just look like just regular. My uncle was coming around just throwing his money around. But you, you could hear more of this story on the CBiz Project. We had over there listen to that. You could just Google it. You know, it was doing major. A lot of people were listening to the Seabiz Project. I felt like I, I'm very, I'm very personal, but I gave you a peek into my life, like what built me, what made me the person I am. Why I'm so, why I was so infatuated with, you know, that era, those guys, and people like to just call that era '88 in quotations. I mean, it really wasn't, you know, 1988, but they just call it that because a lot of young guys were becoming millionaires. You had 15-year-olds becoming millionaires, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, you know, becoming millionaires. And you know, '88 was a very, you know, popping year. Guys were, it was a very good year. I would show up to fucking take a time machine and go to '88 and, you know, see the greatness that was '88. I'm trying to remember what rap albums came out in 1988. Yeah, I, this is like my, you know, these thoughts be coming to me while I'm driving. I'll be like, I don't want to waste content. It's content. It's content. So, you know, I throw it on on the podcast. I did the last one about the KRS One, and this and yeah, yeah, so crazy with my stories that I'm, I'm going through the, these eras so simultaneously, and I didn't know, you know, the golden era of hip hop and if you want to call it the golden era or the crack era, I don't know. But it was this shit happening simultaneously. And I'm in this world like, what the hell? Not knowing that this is what's going to shape me to become who I am now. And yo, you, you, you guys are celebrating poverty at the time. We were celebrating poverty. Like, really, we had all these young millionaires, but it wasn't their fault. They weren't taught. You see, growing up, we weren't taught that, yo, we get a... Uh, you're making ten thousand dollars an hour a day. We weren't taught, hey yo, put away you know six thousand of that, and you know every week fuck around buy a house. You could buy. We we could have bought the whole neighborhood. We didn't know that. You know, shits was looking like zombie land, run down. You had people uh, coming to your car to steal your radio. Niggas was stealing car radios. This is how old this shit was. Car radios, hubcaps. You were getting a grip off of that. They was fucking taking the antenna out the TV to do something pertaining to crack. They would steal your TV just to go light up, just to go get beamed up to Scotty real quick. That's what they used to say, like, because you was that high. You was literally on Star Trek. Go Google that. And we didn't know. We didn't know we were celebrating poverty at the time. It looked good because the, um, the older cats was coming through with the MCM, you know, Dapper Dan. Louis Vuitton, yo, and Dapper Dan was way ahead of his time because I distinctively remember him customizing cars. This was before Pimp My Ride, all of this shit, before rappers was getting their cars wrapped. Dapper Dan, and he he's a, he's a major part of hip-hop. Dapper Dan 
was basically his shop was open in 20 was open 24 hours because he knew you know street guys what time of the night you know what i'm saying he knew they was out he knew like boom <laughs> two in the morning hey i might want to go get this fucking jeep this land cruiser i might want to go get my uh my 560 sec and some fucking um mcm yo throw this on yo throw this louis v on the back of my um my beamer Yo, I need this gaudy jacket right here. I need this. Yo, put some MC, put this MCM, this puffer jacket. Yo, put some Louis V. Two in the morning, three in the morning. And Dapper Dan was so smart, he took his operation on the road to go fuck with all the hustlers. See, he he took care of his market. At that time, that shit was unfucking heard of. And he was a he he was smart with the 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 textile game. You know, I remember when he got raided by the feds. This was a big thing back then. This was so big. Like, my memory was so distinctive. Like, I distinctively remember when, and paid in full, um, you know, they, of course, they did the movie after Rich Porter, but his brother, Darnell, remember, they cut his fingers. It was in the paper. Like, I remember this shit. I remember seeing the shit on the paper. Not knowing this is a big thing that these rappers would worship R Rich Porter, Alpo, and all of them. AZ, who played, you know, his character was ace in the movie and Peyton Folger is one of the greatest fucking movies of all time. But um, I lived, you know what I'm saying, seeing these cats walk around, talk about it. You know, it, it was guys like Calvin Klein. You had um, Danny Danny from Marcy, from the Marcy Boys. You had, uh, who else? Um, you know, the Uptown Cats was doing their thing. Um, I think it was Demencio. You had Kevin Child. Shout out to him. He did an interview with Flex. One of the most respected guys. You had Rayful Edmonds. You'll hear rappers name drop these people later on. And you was living through it. You you know, you had family members that would talk about these guys. And not knowing those guys were the superheroes to my favorite rappers. You had Jay-Z mention fucking, um, you know, Rayful Edmonds. Rayful Edmonds, like... Channel 7 News And why he said that If people don't remember Back in the day Rayful Edmund You know They had to bring The fucking FBI they, This motherfucker Was on the Channel 7 News And cuffs coming out The helicopter Like this is some Die hard movie shit This is why Cats from the 80s Are looked at As fucking superheroes That era goes unmatched You know We celebrate this Because you know This is those guys were fucking the Avengers to us, man. We weren't. We we didn't know better. We ain't know better. We ain't know better. We ain't know this shit was wrong. We didn't. All niggas was trying to do was make some money, get they you know get they fly on. Niggas wanted to get fly, you know. But it, you had rarities that would you know buy literally buying up uh, brownstone, especially in Harlem. It was a select few guys that said, you know what? Let me flip this money. Yeah, it's cool. You know. To go get these coats, but yo, let me go buy some of this fucking property here. And they saved it. Now them fucking brownstones is worth five, six million dollars. So imagine as a collective that we technically use the drug game money to get us out of poverty. Damn, you could, I, that's why I, I want to build a time machine, man. Go back, talk to some of these drug dealers like, yo, 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 look. And just blow their mind like, yo, this is going to happen. Look, let's take this bread. Let's flip it. You, Yo, Rich Porter, you buy up this whole block. AZ, buy up. You know, everything from 125th to 134th. And you buy up everything over here by Park Avenue. Go to Brooklyn, yo. Danny Diamonds, yo. You buy up the whole Bed-Stuy. Yo, um, I'm gonna go talk to the some of the shower mom, them in a Flatbush. Yo, buy up the wall of Flatbush. You fast forward 20, 30 years later, 
we own this shit because, you know, those are our parents and grandparents. We own all of this shit. Came from the drug game, man. Go figure. Imagine the drug dealers. I'm going to build a time machine. This is this is the type of shit I tell people I think about. This is the type of shit that's always on my mind. Like, I want to build a time machine. Go back and fix this. And then, you know, yo, go back and buy all this. Remember what Jay-Z said on fucking... Um, it's so crazy that Jay-Z would say something and I've been thinking about it and I'm like, yo, that's fucking... I'd be like, damn. I wish, like, my voice was as big as his and I'm just like... That's why we celebrate him, I say, again, because he's the voice of the hustler that made it. You know what I'm saying? And we we love that. He Again, superhero status. But imagine he said, yo, I could have bought a place in Dumbo. Now look at it. That place is going for $25 million. So imagine... I could imagine it was 40 Jay-Zs thinking of that. Now imagine if they actually fucking did it. I want to build a time machine and go back to 88, man. All right, so let me get back into the show. I'm going to send it back to myself in the studio. All right? Peace. Yeah, shout out to myself for sending it back to myself in the studio. I posted a picture the other day of, like, things that I see in my head. It was like a a sailboat on the ocean with a sunset and, the like, the sun is trying to crack through the crowds on some waves. Like, I see, I could see music as well. Like, I've always, these are the type of things that I think of. I think of drug dealer time machines. I think of, you know, when I go to sleep, I'm thinking about a speedboat, me and my kids, and we're on this blue water. Not even blue, it's just see-through. It's just, these are the type of things that go through my head. It sounds like I'm fantasizing, but I'm dead serious when I talk about, you know, 88 and things like that. Imagine if, though, I build this time machine, I was able to go back throughout history to every major, every major drug dealer from the, from the town. I started in New York, of course. Like I said earlier, I will go to Harlem. I got a list of people I'm going to go see. Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens. I'm going to go see the Prime team. I'm going to say, yo, yo, look, I know this is kind of spooky, but there's a plan. Look what we're going to do. We're going to buy up the projects. Y'all not going to do no time. Like, Or oh, if y'all do, look, set it up for y'all kids to where they're going to end up buying the, um, the projects or the houses in the neighborhood and y'all own all the real estate. Imagine if all the drug dealers bought up all the real estate in every borough. How fucking dope that would be. We always talking about buying the block and shit. Imagine that shit. I'm pretty sure some of these guys had the idea, but they just couldn't. You know, we weren't thinking about that. We're, you know, young. You're getting $100,000 a day. First thing you want to do, you want to go stunt. You want to get the new bike. The new Reeboks, the new pumps is coming out. You got to go get this high top fade. She need her, you know, her bamboo earrings, at least two pair. A Fendi bag with a bad attitude. It's, it's so crazy. And speaking of a time machine, I actually, me and my brothers actually began recording. This is in February. I just hated our sound, so I scrapped the whole thing. I had a, um idea where I took them. I had the whole intro, everything. We recorded it. And I didn't like the way it sounded. It sounded trash to me. I did a time machine while I went back to Guyana. I think this was right before, was it before my parents met? And I had a conversation with my father. You know, if anybody listened to my um, my album, they'll know I don't have the best relationship with my father at all. Well, we don't have no relationship, period. It's non-existent. But I am a father, and I realized the relationship I had with him was going to be conducive with my relationship with my children, you know? 
you know, they'll ask about him sometimes or whatever. And, you know, my, my kids will go, oh, you don't talk to your dad, right? You know? So in the movie, my brother, I was my dad. It's crazy. I played myself and I also played my dad's voice. And I was catching him before he went on a date with my mother. So I had my brother, you know, me and him was taught as me. Me and my two brothers in the beginning talking, I was telling them, like, yo, I built the time machine. I'm about to go back to Guyana to this year, right before dad met mom. You know, let me go right before they was about to go out. Because I asked my mother, you know, where did y'all go? She told me that he took her to the movies, whatever. And I was like, I bet I'm going to use that. Soon, That's all she had to tell me, that little piece. Soon as she told me that, I was like, I think my mother was like 17. She must have been 17, 18. Right when it was about before they go on a date, you know, my car, because I used the um, S500 coupe to get me there. Boom, we landed in Guyana. It was in the jungle. Not the jungle, like the, you know, the woods area. I popped up on him. It's a part of Guyana called Mahika. That's where my grandmother is from. And I assume that's where my pops was living, but I know my mother's not from there. She's from the other side. So right before he's about to go on a date with my moms, I popped up on him and I started talking to him. He was scared as shit. And I'm doing his accent, and then I'm flipping it back to me. It was crazy. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, listen, man, I'm your son from the future, and I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. Don't mess it up for me. You know, we don't have a relationship in the future. And you, you know, you really want to be a great father, man. You have some great grandkids. You want to be close with them. These are situations that happen with you and your son. Please don't go that route. I know in your heart you're a good man, you know, you have it in your heart to be a good man. You got great sons, man. This is what you need to do. Don't be an asshole. Be great to our mom. We can have one big happy family. Talking to him, right? I said, please, you know, you go out with her. I know you really like her, but please take care of her. She's the best thing ever. Of course, it's my mother. But yeah, that was it. I just didn't like how it sounded. Who knows? I may do it. And put it on, because I did it for the podcast, but it sounded trash to me. I didn't like it. Not because of my accent either. Like, I mean, my accent is trash, but it just didn't sound right. I don't know. Maybe I have to go to put more effects and stuff on it. But that was the gist of the story. Like, I've always, I believe in time travel. That's just me. I believe in, but, and I, and I asked my brother, I was like, what if we go back? And But that messes something up. Maybe it alters our future in. Maybe I don't be in the music business and entertainment. Maybe I go here and it's crazy though. Yo, life is so crazy. Just like the Back to Future movie shows. You go back and you change one thing, it'll fuck up the whole future. It's crazy. But imagine all these corner boys and and block boys and hustlers. We go back, we holler at them. Rick Ross from LA. Look, the CIA is on your back right now. This is going to happen. They're going to send you to jail for life, right? But you're going to beat it. But look, put this aside. Look, we're going to buy up the whole Compton. We're going to buy up Crenshaw. We're going to do this and do that. And, you know, go to Miami, yo. Convertible Burt. Yo, come here. Look. Boom, 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 boom. You know, go to Detroit Rick. Yo, this was going to happen. Go to Big Meech even. Yo, Big Meech. I know they ain't 88, but Big Meech and them is from Detroit. Yo, listen, this was going to happen. Do not put up that billboard. Take all that money, buy up the whole Atlanta. Buy up the whole thing. The property, yo, you guys own it. We're going to set up all these towns. Boom. There we go right there. In my weird mind, in my weird mind, 
Maybe the drug game was our reparations. We were supposed to take it and flip it and turn it into riches. Maybe I'm computing it wrong, but this is, I try to look at the bright side of things. This is my weird mind. So as a kid, I was just there at the window. I could tell you a whole story about the sky. This one particular time I was in Guyana, I was sitting in front of my mother's house and I was playing with the kids next door. You know, I was outside all day and I had like this musical spoon. My brother was getting fed with this musical spoon, but I'll take it outside and I'll look in the sky. And then like, for some reason, every time I press the uh, musical spoon, the clouds would change and I thought I was DJing. It was crazy. These are the type of things. I, I really think that if I could envision it in my head, it could happen because I have this whole world. That's why I know Lou set a bar. The Lou I'm talking about is Lou Star, the best rapper you never heard of. He said, what do he say? Um, my real life begins when I close my eyes. It's a song he got on caught on top of the world. Please go check. I should, in fact, I should play on top of the world. I should play a piece of it. I might just do that. I might play a piece of the record. Fucking amazing, man. Oh my god. Y'all could go back and check that out. That was from the Welcome to Flatbush mixtape that we put out years ago, which was fucking phenomenal. The Source magazine had recognized it. Uh he got unsigned hype, Lou Star. Y'all could check out all his whole re- all his old records. Um Lou Star, of course, you know, started the Hood Stars with Nicki Minaj back in the day with Seven Up and that other guy. Yeah, go check it out. It's called Welcome to Flatbush, and that track was called On Top of the World, featuring B.U.D. and produced by the one and only Juice. Yeah, man. It was a fucking amazing record. That record should have won a Grammy. That's the type of record that you just, you're floating on the ocean. You turn that up, man. You just see fucking, you got champagne bottles. You know, wifey tanning on the tip of the boat. Feeling terrific like, it must be heaven. Legendary shit, man. But yeah, drug, uh, the drug dealer time machine, man. Shit. I'm giving myself an idea for a whole movie. Whoever's listening to this, you run with my idea. Remember where you heard it first. I'm giving you, yo, I've been giving y'all so much game and gems. I've been getting a, res- excuse me, I've been getting the responses from it. And I appreciate the fact that y'all are recognizing what I'm saying and that, you know, y'all don't think I'm loco. <laughs> 
Because I don't think people are crazy. I really just don't. I think people have different thought processes and people take things in a little bit different than others. And they may come out different than what you would expect, but it's not crazy. They're just different. There's a lot of indifference and we got to stop calling people crazy. I don't like that word. I even use it sometimes. I got to stop myself from using it. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy. Like If you build a time machine, would you stop certain deaths in history? Or was it there was supposed to be those deaths? And it's supposed to alter history for the good. It's like, we don't know. We want to go back and rescue all our loved ones. And life is crazy. This 2020 is just so crazy. 2020, just keep 2020 in, boy. I might copyright that too. So don't steal it and put it on y'all little ghetto t-shirts. Oh, shout out to everybody that uh, um, commented on my last episode, Compete. I appreciate it. The feedback was immense on that last one. You know, shout out to the people that be lurking on my page. Don't comment on nothing but be in my stories. I appreciate you guys. And another thing, please, artists, send me your best track. Some of you just sound like you just just record whatever and just, yo, listen, if you're going to do something, put your best foot forward. Send me your best track, man. And if this is y'all best, come on, man. Come on. The new hype show at gmail.com is where you send music. You want to uh, send a shout out. You want to send, or if you want to talk about advertising, let's talk. Let's you know, let's get this money together. You know what I mean? But send me some good music. I'm trying to get you guys out here. I eventually want to turn this into another type of platform. It's co- that's why it's called the new hype. I'm just I'm warming things up before you know I drive the car. Cause hey, you might be the new hype. This artist might be the new hype. So I call it the new hype for a reason. See, I do thing I do things meticulously. I I have a plan. I have a structure. Everything is going to happen in due time. Everything is going to happen, man. And shout out to you fake keyboard gangsters that said, oh, when this nigga come out of jail, I see him walking down the street. He getting shot. I just seen a video with Takashi hugging, doing meet and greets in Brooklyn, walking down the street. He was hugging the people. They were asking for pictures. I said, this is a new day. This is a new day. The world has reached an all time low. Shout out to all you gangsters. Not that I'm wishing bad on anybody, but all y'all dudes out there. Yeah, when I see him, this is going to happen. And sadly, them Chicago dudes live by what they say. They just pop FGB duck, broad daylight in a nice part of Chicago, downtown Chicago. And before I get out of here, I'm going to leave y'all with this question. Why? Chief Keith moved out of Chicago. Lil Durk moved out of Chicago. To my knowledge, G Herbo moved out of Chicago. Why do you stay? These cats is telling you they're going to murk you. Why are y'all young guys staying around? It's cool to be alive. Being alive don't mean you pussy. Being alive makes you smart. I watched this guy's FGB Ducks interview. He didn't care about life. He used to rap about people's dead homies. These guys don't care. What is it? Is something in the water in Chicago? I'm seeing people saying, yo, drop a, a, a nuclear bomb and just wipe it out and start over. It's sad. But what is it, though, that you guys have to live in this gangster? I did, gang- I, I did a lot of dumb shit in my life that I'm like, damn, why did I do that? Shit that I can't even talk about on this thing, man. I can't talk about half the shit I did. I did crazy shit. And I ain't trying to be no gangster. I could say some shit now. You'll be like, whoa. Because I'm not that guy to put my business in the street. But why do you guys promote the dumb shit? Then one of these niggas get clapped. He's like, oh, man, shouldn't have happened. Come on, man. Why? I just want to know why. 
Somebody could give me a logical answer. It's sad. Y'all got to stop, stop killing each other, man. I sound like a damn PSA, but it's disgusting, man. But yo, keep rocking with me. I want y'all to go sleep on that. Ghetto time machine, man. Think about that. I mean, drug dealer time machine. Think about that, man. Really sit and think about that. Keep rocking with me. I appreciate y'all. Again, I appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. If y'all have any ideas, you have a new artist you're trying to break, managers, producers, holler at me. Send those tracks. You know what I mean? I do my best to, you know, if I can play it on it, if you clear your samples or whatever, you know, I can play this original beat. I'll play it on. Let people critique it. I'll put it on the YouTube channel. But yo, get at me. It's the New Hype Show, newhypeshow at gmail.com. Thank you. Be sure to get at me on social media. Hit me on Instagram at It's The New Hype Show. And Twitter, It's The New Hype. And you can find me on Facebook at The New Hype Show. Send comments, questions, or if you just want to say fuck you, or if you want to send me a donation, holla at me. It's The New Hype Show.